smell will take me back to when I was young. How come I'm never able to identify where it's coming from? I'd make a candle out of it if I ever found it. Try to sell it, never sell out of it. I probably only sell one. Good morning! Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD. You're rocking with the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, live from the Diamond here in Richmond, Virginia, the home of the Flying Squirrels for some playoff baseball. Playoffs? Playoffs? I didn't know we were talking playoffs. Yes, we are live and local today until 3 p.m. Getting you all set up for the Squirrels home playoff game tonight. Live from the Diamond, I'll be joined by Blaine McCormick. He's going to hop on the show at 12.15. Trey Wilson, play-by-play voice of the Flying Squirrels, will join us at 1.45. And then, of course, we have to have the CEO, Todd Parnell. Parney on the fan throughout the show today talking a bunch of Squirrels baseball. But also, there's a 2-0 football team. So Craig Hoffman, who covers the Commanders for Odyssey DC, will join us at 2 p.m. And Chris Russell, the rooster, will hop on the show at 12.30. It's a great day today and beautiful weather. And now I want to bring in my new co-worker, Michael Phillips, for a little bit of crosstalk. How great is this, man? A couple guys talking to playoff baseball. It feels good. It's in the air. Uh, the only downside is I'm going to have to re- redo my show's intro now because we're going to have to get a Trey's quote in there. I- is this the show? Yeah, right. Is this, yeah. <laughs> is this the show? Is this the show? Right. Yeah. Just a couple guys talking. This is the show? Yeah. This is the show. So it's just so great to be out here. You know, this is your first time doing a show on the road. I- I've done A1 on the road a few times now, and-, and it's always great to be out and about. You know, we have a great time in our studio, hanging out there. Uh, but, you know, being out and about here, this is what radio is all about. And so I love this. I'm catching the energy. I'm catching the vibes. Um, it's what, like I, I show up to football stadiums early, obviously, and you watch them, like, paint the lines and yeah. do all that. But there's something better about just watching how carefully they prepare this baseball field. It takes them, like, nine hours to do. Every blade of grass is cut just right. Get the lines, get the dirt, you know, just – not, not raked. I guess raked is the term. Yeah, yeah. Raked out and, and so smooth. You know, just a lot of care and love goes into this. It looks great. And the best thing about it is, is this is our team. Like, this is Richmond's team. This is the city's team. Uh, like Parney said, he wanted to make this the team that everyone roots for here in Richmond, and they absolutely do. I mean, I was out and about at Capitol Ale House uh, yesterday, met a few listeners that were fired up for playoff baseball, said they're coming to the game. They sit right behind home plate. Uh, I know I'm going to be coming out to the game tonight. We'll have so many people from Scott's edition are going to walk over that bridge. Yep. And, and we do want to let everyone know, tickets are still available. Unlike last year, when you knew for about three months they were going to be in the playoffs, this year it came last minute, team got hot second half of the year, hosting a playoff game, game one of the three-game series, and tickets are still available. Take advantage of this opportunity. You can general, get, get general admission tickets for as low as $10. We want this place to be rocking with a ton of energy and electricity. And so, yeah, if you got nothing to do tonight, why not come down to the Diamond and watch some playoff baseball? In your face, fireworks after the game. You know, these guys always put on a great show. Tonight's going to be no exception. Great weather. Uh, ten bucks, ten bucks to come watch uh, playoff caliber baseball. we got a great pitching matchup tonight was what Blaine said earlier. I'm going to take his word for that. <laughs> uh, we, we, You know, Erie's the best, in the best team. These guys are red hot, though. Uh, won 10 of 12 to make the playoffs. And uh, a little bit of juice. I I mean, if you were to rank, you know, Richmond sports things, VCU in the Final Four, like that's that's number one. I, I don't think anybody would dispute that. Yep. But but of the non-VCU teams, 
I think this is number one here, and, and they're doing it. They're chasing the title. When did Richmond Spiders win a football championship? What was it 09 or something? All right, so, like, let me just – can I just anger part of the crowd? Sure. I, did, I, did, I think that's so – parochial i don't know that's a newspaper word that's a big word there like that's so I mean, that was over my head <laughs> my, my goodness there's a there's a there's a small portion of richmond that really goes hard for the spiders yeah. and really love that they won the title but they're not the city's team mm. bcu's the city's team hey preach brother i love it, <laughs> it, it, it yeah like so so it was cool yeah. but even that year when they both made the sweet 16 it, it was like bcu and you are both made the sweet 16 Oh, VCU wins. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm on the right station to say this. Nine ten, the fan. We'll we'll be we'll have the VCU games all year. I'm not, you know, I'm not a homer for that. I just it, it didn't. I think a Squirrels title would hit harder citywide than the UR football title did. As I, cool I, as that I, was, I'd agree with that for sure. And look, this is professional sports. Here. Yes, it's it's double A baseball. A lot of these guys that you'll see playing tonight will be in the major leagues uh, next season or the year after that. There's a ton of talent. Like when we just had Trey Wilson here and he was going through the lineup with us here, yes, there's sir. a lot of talent on the Squirrels roster this year, uh, especially the pitching staff. Uh, they gave up the least amount of home runs in the Eastern League, uh, which just shows you that they've got great pitchers all over the lineup from starters to relief pitching. And so, look, you were talking about over-under tonight. I do think that this is going to be – a lower scoring game, like a, a pitching duel. Hear that, Derby Bell? It's a bad line. Der Derby Bell set our line. Nine and a half is the <laughs> over-under time. Everybody's pounding the under. We got action on the under. Derby Bell's going to have to move it. You know, Mike, I, you brought up something <laughs> that I have to get to right now. Last week on the sh on your show, you had Duke, the king of sports books. Yes. On your show, and he predicted a Kansas State victory. And I didn't get a chance to uh, tell you this last week, but I have a listener, Moneyline Mike. All right. Hardcore degenerate. I mean, this guy has no life. All he does is sports gamble. But he listened to that segment, and he immediately texted me, take Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> so we might need Moneyline Mike uh, and Duke to battle it out. Can we get a fade Duke segment? Um. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wild game. It was a 61-yard field goal to it. So, all right, I went to the University of Kansas. Missouri was our rival, mm -hmm. and so I, so I hate him. Um, <laughs> like, I'm not even going to disguise it. Yeah. Um, I'm watching the game. It's tied 27-27. Missouri's setting up for a 56-yard field goal to win it. And, and that's, that's, a, that's a dicey field goal. Yeah. Delay of game. They moved it back five yards to 61. And, made it and I'm, just, I'm just pumping my fist like, what a great way for them to lose a football game. I could not be happy. Oh, dang, he made the kick. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. A couple good NFL games last night. I did want to mention that when Nick Chubb got hurt, I vomited in my mouth watching that. Ooh, it was disgusting. Ooh. I couldn't. It was like my body was shivering. Uh, your knee is not supposed to bend like that. It, 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 you could hear the stadium react like yes. before we got yes. to, to, to see it. And, ah, this uh, feels so bad for for him. And you know that's a long road to recovery. Anytime that happens early on, um, you say with the Aaron Rodgers, you never wish those injuries on anybody. Although. Aaron Rodgers, in true Aaron Rodgers form, I don't know if you saw this, has found some doctor to do something to him that he's going to be ready for the playoffs. Yeah, it's an interesting story. It only becomes a story if the Jets win games. It, it, it's a moot <laughs> point at the moment. Here's my theory. I think they're going to bring in a veteran quarterback. They just didn't want to shatter Zach Wilson's confidence in case it turned out he was good. Mm -hmm. But at, after he loses a couple, somebody's coming. Who's coming? I mean, I mean, is Matt Ryan, is that even anything sexy enough? 
for New York to get fired up. Sure, New York doesn't have to get fired up, though. New York just has to, like, tolerate a 10-6 and six season and get to the playoffs mm-hmm. and, and keep that hope alive. Um, is Carson Wentz sexy enough? Like, I mean, you know. is With that offensive line? Well, that's it. You're going to need to bring in a, a few guys. Joe Flacco. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's the whole – there's a whole bin of those guys. Yeah, and there's also been a lot of talk about trading for somebody else's backup, yeah. which, which is interesting because I, I just, you know, that's why I said I think the best option for the Jets is just Zach Wilson, as bad as he may be. At least he's been in that building. Somebody in the building, you know, stood up for him on draft night, drafted him, and he's got to be at least more familiar with the system than somebody off the street. Somebody pointed out, though, on social media, the last three Monday night football games, DeMar Hamlin, Aaron Rodgers, Nick Chubb. Oh, my gosh. Three in a row. Yeah. So let's just blame ESPN. Whoever's up next week, yeah. rest the starters. Well, who is up next week? It's not uh, the Commanders, e- is it? I think it's <laughs> Eagles-Bucks. Oh, okay. Um, pair of 2-0 and o teams. Am I right on that? Eagles are 2-0. and o, yes. Bucks are 2-0 with yeah. Baker Mayfield. That's, that's a game that's got some juice on it. Yeah. I mean, how about this? You know, all offseason we talked about – how good the AFC is. Oh, the AFC is so good. It's filled with great quarterbacks, Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. Well, two of those are struggling. In fact, none of those three are 2-0. and no. Were we sleeping on the dominant defenses of the NFC? Because you've got Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles, Commanders, Saints, Bucks, Falcons, all 2-0. The first time in NFL history, seven teams in one conference have started 2-0. Seven teams in the NFC are 2-0. Let's yeah. go. I mean, and three teams in the NFC South. You could have you taken some money off of me if you'd predicted that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and, and look, this is what my take is, is that over the last few years, quarterback play has gone down in the NFL. Yeah. Defensive play has gone up. And, and so you're seeing teams. It's. I was talking to my friend last night watching the game. It feels like it's so easy to draft a guy in the first, second round, and they're a defensive player, they turn into a stud. Offensive guy, a lot of times they become busts. This is the baseball thing, too, right? Like, if you have an early pick, do you take the pitcher or the hitter? Right. If you take the hitter, you know what you're going to get. He's, he's very likely to develop. He's very likely to come up to the big leagues. If you take the pitcher, he might win a World Series for you, and he might have two Tommy Johns and never be heard from again. Yeah. Like, you, you know, it's, it, it's the eternal debate, right? Do you take the sure thing? Uh, even if it's not what everybody wants, or, or do you do you do you go for the spectacular? Um, and if you hit, you hit, and everybody feels good about it. But I, it, the thing to me is, you look at—I mean, Burrow is obviously one, but Mahomes was was ten, um, Allen was was what thirteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys were not top picks. It's not it's not a sure thing when you go quarterback one, one, no, it's definitely not, especially when you draft Bryce young, but more of that later on in the program today, you're listening to AWOD radio live from the diamond home of the Richmond flying squirrels at a, ahead of tonight's playoff baseball game. Phone lines are open throughout the show. If you're coming out to the diamond, give me a call. 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We'll go around the NFL on NFL hits at 1245. Craig Hoffman will join us at 2 p.m. to talk a little commanders, but my guy Blaine McCormick will hop on the show next and preview the Squirrels' playoff baseball game. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back.
Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Proud to be home of the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Every Squirrels game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. And always available around the country on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. It's the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and the best damn sports talk in town. Gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, and then pick up right where you left off. So we've got playoff baseball tonight. And one of the voices of the Flying Squirrels is with me right now in the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hot seats, Blaine McCormick. What's going on, Blaine? What's up, Adam? This is such a cool day, isn't it? It is, man. <laughs> Feels good to be out here for some playoff baseball. You look great, man. You're fired up. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's awesome to have playoff baseball because it's a different kind of feel, you know? I compare this to opening day. It's like everybody's back at the diamond. Yeah. Everybody knows that a good crowd is going to be here, and everybody knows that the game is so important because opening day, you get your first impression of the team. Playoffs, obviously you're in it to win it, baby. Yeah, and, and I mentioned this last segment, but I'm going to keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Tickets are still available. They it's are. not like last year where you had months and months to prepare. It was a last-minute thing, and we want this place to be rocking. So go get your tickets and come on out. Exactly. Squirrelsbaseball.com slash tickets. Very easy to get on there. Most of the field level Seating is going to be sold out. However, general admission, terrace-level tickets yep. still available. Come out, pack the diamond. We had over 9,000 last year. Of course, we want to get to that number and even more tonight. So go, go get your tickets if you're listening right now. So, Blaine, let's rewind for the audience mm-hmm. that wasn't paying as close attention as they should have been. How did the squirrels get so hot in the second half of the season to get into the playoffs? I mean, it's just the leadership of Dennis Pelfrey. He knows how to control a clubhouse. He knows how to motivate the guys so well. And over the last five series, Adam, the Flying Squirrels have four series wins over the last five series. And it's really started to pick up on that two-week road trip to New England. So they had six games against Portland, lost four of those, okay? But then had a great comeback on Sunday. It was game two of a doubleheader. They were trailing. And then in the top of the seventh inning, three home runs. That really sparked that momentum. And then you go to Hartford, win four games there, come back home, get a series win, and then go on the road against the Erie Seawolves and win that series to close out the regular season. And a lot of guys individually have had good runs in this second half, but it's contributed to the team overall. Yeah, you got to give manager Dennis Prelfrey a ton of credit. It is his birthday today. He turns mm-hmm. 46. And I heard Parney on earlier with Michael Phillips saying that Pelf has made the playoffs every single year that he's managed a team at any level. So, you know, how does he do it? What's it like when you speak with him? What's he like as a manager? He's very detail-oriented, which you need to be as a manager in affiliated baseball, independent, major leagues, whatever the case may be. You have to be detail-oriented, and he is exactly that. When I was talking with Michael earlier, I brought up this subject. When when Pelf was on an interview with CBS 6 yesterday, he was going over numbers that we have in our game notes. Mm -hmm. The overall numbers, the breakdowns of series by the numbers, against different opponents, against the Seawolves. That he just had memorized. He had memorized. Like, his brain works a million miles per hour every single second of the day. And it's awesome to see his mind work in a baseball game, too, because the way that he manages, it might not be like other managers in the league, but I love that about him because you have to be different. You have to be different to stand out. And he's done exactly that, and he's developed a great player player personnel in Mm -hmm. the clubhouse, too. 
Yeah, I mean, you got the rest of the league playing checkers while the scores mm-hmm. are playing chess. That's right. Literally, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so who are some of the big bats you're looking forward to seeing tonight for the Squirrels? Well, Victor Barracoto had an excellent week against the Seawolves last week. He hit a home run onto the Erie Insurance Arena over in left field. Now, that's not a tall task. Like, it is a monster arena, and he had a swing that basically touched the sky mm-hmm. and then went onto the roof of the arena. So his power has really developed in the second half. Brady Whalen is another one that I want to shout out because he's really turned it around in the second half. Struggled with some injuries at the beginning of the season. Had to go on the IL when he was with Richmond at first, but his bat has really picked up. He had an 11-game hit streak during the second half, which is awesome to see. Of course, the Flying Swirls MVP, Shane Matheny, makes an amazing catch or an amazing play every day that he's out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jimmy Glowinky is another guy that can add some spice to the lineup. He plays a really good second base, really good shortstop. Will Wilson is back with the Flying Squirrels. I'm basically just naming our roster right now. Right. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, everybody contributes at a different level. And it's great to see the individual contributions come to this whole team. Yeah, I know Victor Barracoda had eight home runs in the last 30 days, mm-hmm. really had a power bat. Will Wilson had a really good week uh, last week. So what's going to be the key for the Squirrels at the plate tonight? Well, the key is going to be a getting against the starting pitcher, Brant Herter, for the Seawolves. Now, when we saw him last week, Herter threw four scoreless innings and didn't give up a hit to the Flying Squirrels. So if you want to get on base, you have to really study up on him. And the Flying Squirrels staff has done a great job of breaking down video every single day of the season, going up and getting a game plan against starting pitchers. Now, the Seawolves had the best starting pitcher ERA in the Eastern League during the regular season. Let's see if we can spike that number in the postseason. Today's game will begin at 6.35 p.m. When does your pregame show start? So our pregame show always starts 30 minutes before first pitch. So the Flying Squirrels pregame warm-up driven by AAA will be at 6.05. During that segment, I set the table for y'all, give you the starting pitcher uh, a matchup, a look at the Budweiser out-of-town scoreboard, which will be you know just the other playoff game yeah. in the Northeast Division between Binghamton and Somerset. Um, and then – Talk about the starting lineups and see what are the keys to the game for today. We're broadcasting live from the Diamond ahead of tonight's playoff game. It's AWOD Radio hanging out with Blaine McCormick. Parking lots will open at 3.30. Ballpark gates will open at 5.30. Explain to me this in-your-face fireworks. How is that different from regular fireworks? Well, the regular fireworks are like shot off in the distance, you know, behind the outfield fence for whatever reason. We bring it in your face. We put a tractor in center field that has a trailer behind it, right, that has all the fireworks contained, and it shoots off from center field. So you are getting the closest firework action in minor league baseball. If you're at the Diamond, it's a spectacular show. And by the way, way, AWOD, fireworks every single postseason game at the Diamond. So today and then in the championship series next week. Yeah, give me a little information, championship series. If the Squirrels Mm -hmm. win tonight and then win the second game, when will the – next series take place so best two out of three for the series you got to win at least one in erie if you win today as well um then that will those games will be on thursday and friday this week okay off day on saturday then game one of the championship series will be on sunday next week whether that's in binghamton or somerset don't know that yet obviously um and then games two and three for the championship series would be next tuesday and next wednesday and those tickets are on sale now If the Flying Swirls, unfortunately, don't make it to the championship series and you have tickets bought to the championship, you can redeem those for a ticket for 2024. Tell me a little bit about the big man on the mound for the Squirrels tonight. Well, the first time I met Carson Seymour, I shook his hand, and his whole hand, my whole hand, was wrapped up in his palm. Like, (laughs) he's got got an electric fastball, really good control, good command, and he's a big dude. Six foot six, over 200 pounds, and... 
the way that he battles every day, he seems to get better and better with every start. I mentioned this uh, uh, when I was talking with Michael earlier, but his first half numbers in terms of strikeouts, those look minus, you know? But then in the second half, his case per nine went up to 12, over 12. So it's awesome to see his development this season in his first year at AA, too, because he was a trade for the Mets last year, finished the season in Eugene, and he's taken his first season at AA with a competitive edge, and he was named the Flying Swirls 2023 Pitcher of the Year. And he's starting game one. Like, yeah. I, I don't know why you're waiting around not buying tickets, guys. <laughs> I, I love that. And hopefully the Squirrels can get him some help at the plate here yeah. um, so he can have you know have a lead going into this one. Blaine, appreciate you stopping by. One more time, when does the pregame show start? It's pre, uh, Pregame show starts at 6.05. Our Flying Squirrels pregame warm-up driven by AAA. First pitch, 6.35. Come to the ballpark. We're live and local from the Diamond. It's AWOD Radio on the fan. Every weekday from noon to 3. On Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So in the NFL right now, the National Football League, through two weeks of football... There are nine teams that are undefeated, nine teams that are 2-0, nine teams that now have a 62% chance of getting into the postseason, and I am so happy to say that Washington is one of those two teams. Washington is undefeated. The Commanders are 2-0 for the first time since 2011, and I'll tell you guys, I am fired up. It is so refreshing to watch this football team and watch them win. And, and watch these guys not yell each other on the sidelines when they're down 18. Nobody's blaming each other. You know, nobody's throwing a fit like Stefan Diggs with the Bills. They're all just coming together as a team. And, and they're finding ways to win games. This is two games in a row that the team had to come back in the second half. Two games in a row. I'll tell you, for the last 15 years... Both of these games probably end up as losses. Something has changed inside that building. Something has changed in Ashburn. Something has changed with the fan base. We all know what it is. It's the elephant in the room. There's no more Dan Snyder. There's no more off-the-field drama. There's no more BS. There's no more this and that. And, oh, there's a Washington Post article. Now there's a New York Times article. We could just talk about football. And the only off-the-field issue this entire season has been Chase Young dealing with that stinger. Well, he came back. And looked really good. And maybe maybe we should have held him out for the first week so that he could come back and make an impact because I believe there is no way that Washington wins that game and gets to 2-0 without the play of number 99, Chase Young. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. We're trying to track down Chris Russell. Oh, Chris Russell joins us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What's going on, Rooster? Uh, I've, I've been here for a couple of minutes enjoying your rant. I agree with you. I mean, you know, and, and don't forget about the enemy's presence as well. And, you know, maybe we should just give a little more credit to Ron Rivera than anybody really wants to as well. Well, I'm going to give you the opportunity to give the credit to whoever you want to. Right now, give me three reasons the commanders are 2-0. and well, I, I mean, again, you know, you start with the, the top one that you mentioned. I, I mean, I, I have no choice but to believe that the breath of fresh air 
or not having the dark cloud that constantly traveled over this organization, you know, for 24 plus years has something to do with a two and zero start five and zero if you include the preseason, which I know you shouldn't, but I mean, it, it is what it is. It, it, it helps, I think, install like a winning attitude culture, whatever. And then six in a row overall, three in the regular season. If you go back to the Dallas game uh, last year, I realized Dan was still here. But, you know, of course, that's, you know, number one. I think Eric Bieniemy certainly obviously deserves credit. I think he's getting more and more comfortable with Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell's getting more comfortable with him. We saw it in Denver in the comeback on Sunday, different things like the natural running back screen, which A-Watt, I spent my entire week just <laughs> begging them to do. Not tight end screens, not wide receiver screens, not you know little smoke routes, the natural running back screen. They did it three times on Sunday, twice to Brian Robinson, once Antonio Gibson, they averaged 25 and a half yards mm. per natural designed running back screen. I mean, yes, that's Sam Howell. Yes, that's offensive line. Yes, that's downfield blocking. Yes, that's Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. It's also Eric Bieniemy, right? So, you know, you, you take the new ownership, Eric Bieniemy, and then, you know, I will say this. The defense has not been perfect, but when they decide they want to kick some ass, they kick some ass. You got to give Eric Bieniemy the credit for the screens because that is something that Andy Reid has done to burn NFL defenses for years. As soon as his quarterback starts getting sacked left and right, he gets the screen pass in there. And I've seen you know Lashawn McCoy take it the distance, Tyreek Hill, Isaiah Pacheco, and so it's it is refreshing to see Eric Bieniemy do that now here in Washington. Chris Russell with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. You can hear him daily on the Team 980, always available around the country on this on the Odyssey app. Sam Howell through two games, all right? I want to get your take on him. Here's what I'll say. He's been solid. He looks like a rookie. He looks like a rookie. There will be mistakes. There will be thrills. But to me, he looks like a rookie who was drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. The highs are extremely high, and he bounces back from the lows. I don't disagree at all. I mean, you know, and, and, and look, he had, you know, a couple of questionable, shaky moments on Sunday where he could have gotten picked. I was just watching one, um, you know, where he tried to zip it over Josie Jewell, uh, a linebacker who, who almost tipped it up, you know, and got it in space. And, and unless I'm forgetting uh, an interception, I don't think, right, he didn't have – he didn't have an interception on Sunday that I'm not forgetting, right? No, nope, nope. um, clean game. So he had the bad, you know, he had the bad one against Arizona, which was a bad decision. He had the sack fumble against Arizona, you know, which again he's got to get rid of that football. The bottom line is, is I, I thought, um, you know, the, not only do you go okay, then no turnovers on Sunday, but also a lot more production. And what I've seen, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Awad from the all 22 view, um, you know, there was a big throw that I think we talked about last week where he kind of uh, took a deep drop out of shotgun, slid to his right, repositioned his feet, climbed the pocket into a new lane and delivered an absolute seed for 19, I think to McLaurin on a crossing route. Well, yesterday, Sunday, I should say, he, he did almost the exact same thing, but to his left, meaning he repositioned himself to his left found a new throwing lane, stepped up, climbed up the pocket, and threw the touchdown into a tight window 
where only really Terry McLaurin could get it, and that's exactly what happened. So the bottom line is, you know, I'm seeing things. Uh, I'm not saying it's always going to be perfect. It's obviously not. But I'm seeing little things in addition to the things that we all can see, you know, the arm, the mobility, uh, the poise, the maturity, the work ethic. I'm seeing little things that make me go, oh, my God. Like, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, an all-pro or anything like that, but I'm seeing things that make me go, you know what? They may have found their starter. They may have found their starter long-term and a quality starter. Yeah, I, I love that. And honestly, that is how you win and become a championship contender in the NFL when you have a quarterback playing on a rookie deal and you could pay other guys. I love how he has been improving week by week. I'll give you AWOD's film breakdown tomorrow on the fan as tonight I will watch the All-22. Defensively, Chris, we talked about this team being elite defensively all offseason we said man the potential is there if chase young comes back if montez sweat instead of just getting qb hits is getting sacks if deron Payne and allen are great we drafted forbes if he makes plays they could be great but for some reason chris the defense still doesn't start games great but when they turn Mm -hmm. it on like you said man they turn it on to the max, and they're able to get off the field with the quickness i mean uh deron Payne three and out on his own why do you think they're able to turn it around in the second half of games? I have a theory, but I'll let you go first. Um, I mean, it's a great question. I, I, I wish I knew uh, the exact reason. Um, I, I think what I would have to guess is, you know, sometimes, Awad, when you are so talented, you know, uh, you tend to be maybe take it a little easy, maybe – you kind of let things play out. You see how the opponent punches, right? How the, the scene is set. And it might take you a little while before you start figuring it out and counterpunching. And I thought on Sunday, you know, that first drive was clinical by Dow, uh, by Denver. I mean, they ran to the edges. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson looked like Russell Wilson, both with his legs and with his arm. They got Judy involved. They got a couple of different running backs to the perimeter. Guys got pinned in. Montez Sweat got sucked in. Chase Young got sucked in a little bit on the touchdown run. They did everything that I feared going into that game, Denver did, on that first touchdown drive. And then they hit the couple of big plays to Mims, which set up the other touchdowns. Well, one was a touchdown and one that set up the other touchdown. Um, and, and, and those were just kind of coverage busts or Emmanuel Forbes getting beat. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, guess what the bleep are we doing here? You know, maybe they just woke up and just decided, you know what, enough of this. We're going to, you know, sick the dogs on them. We're going to stay in our lane. We're going to stay in our gap. And obviously Chase, you know, stepping up and being way more productive than anybody could have thought for his first game, uh, along with pain taking over, especially that one series that you chronicled, and sweat a sack and a half, and uh, you know, again, guys doing a little bit better job on the back end. I-, I think all of a sudden they just looked around and they said, "Okay, we're done playing here. Let's go. This isn't yeah. that good of an offense." Yeah, and I do think yeah. Jack Del Rio is making good adjustments by things he's watching on tape and changing uh, on later drives. But my theory. Chris is it's like doing 20 push-ups all right I do them right now I'm fine my arms are a little tired then you go to the sideline you wait 10 minutes you ask me to do 20 more push-ups I'm gonna struggle my body is tired now 
I think this defensive front line is wearing down offensive lines across the league. I think by the time it gets to the third quarter, these guys are gassed, and they don't have the energy yeah. to stop Deron Payne anymore, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young. Uh, I think that's a good point. No, absolutely, because you got to remember the defensive line, and I think Casey Tuhill mentioned this to me after the season-opening win against Arizona, you know, when I caught up to him, the depth is exactly what you're talking about, right? Think about it. Offensive linemen don't play a lot during the preseason, right? They're, yeah. you know, they're playing a two series, three series, whatever. Defensive linemen, when the regular season starts, are rotating in eight, nine, depending on your team, depending on your frame, uh, your, your scheme, whatever. And we know Washington, even with Fedarian Mathis and F.A. Obata, uh, you know, and uh, on the uh, injured list, they still have depth upon depth upon depth, not to mention some premium thoroughbreds, right? So if you can, like you said, wear them out over the course of a game, when offensive linemen have to go from playing 20 snaps, 25 snaps, to 60, 65 snaps, especially in the thin air, there you go. Or the humid air of FedEx week one. That's Chris Russell, the rooster. Follow him on social media, Russellmania621, and check him out on the Odyssey app or if you're in D.C. on the Team 980 from 1 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Thanks a lot, Chris. Always love talking with you. My guy. Appreciate you as always. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I'm broadcasting live from the Diamond ahead of the Squirrels' playoff baseball game tonight. Tickets are still available. There's no reason in the world not to come out to the Diamond on a beautiful Tuesday night and watch some playoff baseball. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Every weekday from noon to 3 on Sports Radio 910 The Fan at 105.1 FM. AWOD Radio. What up, what up, what up, Richmond? How we doing today? Ready for some playoff baseball? I'm here at the Diamond ahead of the squ Flying Squirrels playoff game that can be heard tonight right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So we'll be talking some playoff baseball throughout the show today. Trey Wilson, voice of the Flying Squirrels play-by-play, -play, will hop on the program at 145. Parney will join us at about 115, and then I'm going to have a special guest stop on by, former Major League Baseball pitcher, now the owner of Center of the Universe Brewing, that is Chris Ray. He'll join us. He's coming out to the Diamond, stopping by the show at 2.30. I know they've got a, a bunch of things that they've been working on, some new beers at Center of the Universe, so I want to hear about that and talk some playoff baseball with him and the fact that the Squirrels in the playoffs and also his former team, the Baltimore Orioles. So, a lot to get to on the show today, as always. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. If you're fired up for some playoff baseball, give me a, give me a call, 833-804-0910. If you're fired up for the Commanders being undefeated, give me a call, 833-804-0910. But let's catch you up on anything you might have missed around the National Football League. There were two Monday Night Football games last night. We'll recap them now on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on A1 Radio. All right, so I, I hopped on Michael Phillips' show earlier today. He's live and local Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon, MP on the mic. And, Zach, you missed it. I, I took a couple shots at your boys. Monday Night Football, the Panthers did not look good, and there was a play in which Bryce Young lined up 
behind the guard. Who snaps the football? Not the guard. It's the center. Adam, I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked that you were talking smack on my boys. <laughs> well, the Panthers are now 0-2 after falling to the New Orleans Saints 20-17. to uh, It was a defensive game, and it was a decent game to watch. The problem was the mistakes uh, for the Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young with a, a lost fumble, also four sacks on the night. Derek Carr made a big mistake, one interception. But I was watching the game with my friend, and he kept pointing out the X Factor, which is the guy that nobody was talking about. They talked about him every single week when Sean Payton was the head coach. Well, now Sean Payton's in Denver, but you still have Taysom Hill in New Orleans, and he was an X Factor. I mean, my goodness, nine carries for 75 yards, an average of 8.3 yards per touch. He took over this game, and you know, there, there's always talk about Taysom Hill, and he's this he's this weird player because he lines up at tight end and fullback and running back and quarterback. But he makes an impact on the National Football League, and he did it last night. He also threw the ball one throw for eight yards as the Saints moved to 2-0 after defeating the Panthers 20-17. The other Monday night football game was the Browns against the Steelers. Zach, did you catch any of that game, including the Nick Chubb injury? Because I vomited in my mouth when I saw that injury. I heard it you was... tell Phillips that, and, oh. um, you know, I can't do that stuff. A lot of times if I'm watching the game and it happens live, I know right away. Yeah. Um, I've, I've played sports all my life. I've been on the field when I've heard legs and bones and knees pop and uh, guys, you know, scream in anguish. And it's happened to me, too. So it's like I can't, I don't have a stomach for it. And, like, this morning, first thing in the morning, um, Dan, who's new, doesn't know that I don't like that stuff. <laughs> And just immediately is like, hey, look at this. Yeah. And it was Chubb's leg all bent to hell. And I'm like, ah, yeah. like, don't do that to me ever again. I can't uh, handle that stuff. I feel so bad for Chubb. Yeah, don't do that to me either. I, I feel terrible for Chubb. He was having a great game, 10 carries, 64 yards. He was having a great season. I, I mean, the week before, he had a, a ton of great rushes as well. He's such a powerful rusher. And that's why it sucks so much that he got hurt because it was like, you know, it was almost like two Mack trucks colliding Something had to give what gave uh, his left knee. And, uh, I mean, knee dislocated. Every little ligament in the knee destroyed yeah, will have to be repaired. It's a complete blowout, right? It, it, was, it was hard to watch. But then in the second half of that game, Pittsburgh's defense took over. Kenny Pickett offensively, not a good night. 15 of 30, one interception, just 222 yards. Mike Tomlin was a, a coaching masterpiece, though, last night. Masterclass. What he did in the second half of that game, he said, Deshaun Watson's not going to beat me. My offense might not score any points. I'm going to keep punting and punting and punting and pinning Cleveland deep, deep into their own territory. The first time they did that, they went three and out. Cleveland got the ball back. Or Pittsburgh got the ball back. Problem was, their offense did nothing. Gave it back to Cleveland. Cleveland gets out of their end zone, but then... David Njoku fumbles. The Steelers get one more opportunity. Oh, no, Kenny Pickett takes a bad sack. They have to punt it deep for the Browns again. And on that one, the Pittsburgh defense not just got a stop, but made the play of the game on a strip sack from Deshaun Watson that was picked up by T.J. Watt and returned for a touchdown. That was the second, the second uh Six points by the defense. They had a pick six of a tip pass in the first quarter. 
and then a, a fumble return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. The defense puts up 14 points. The offense kicks through, uh, four field goals, and just like that, they win the game. So uh, offense, look, not great for the Steelers right now, but the defense is winning them games. They are now 1-1, one and one, and we mentioned it earlier, there are nine undefeated teams in the National Football League. Let's go through them. You have the Philadelphia Eagles. Not much of a surprise there. Uh, a couple easy cupcake games for them to start the season. The offense hasn't gotten going just yet. And it was interesting to hear Donovan McNabb. I don't know why he did this. Maybe he loves controversy. He loves the headlines. He, he revealed that he had a conversation with Jalen Hurts in which Hurts told him he's about 60 or 70% healthy because of that shoulder injury from last season. I don't think that was something that needed to be revealed because now defenses are going to go after Hurts even more, <laughs> right? Uh, Dallas Cowboys, they're 2-0. The defense is the star for the Cowboys. Dak hasn't looked great. Same thing for the 49ers. You know, we talked all offseason about the AFC being filled with great quarterbacks. We didn't give enough credit to the NFC and their dominant defenses. Eagles defense, great. Cowboys defense, great. 49ers defense, great. And the Washington Commanders defense is great as well. Tampa Bay's got a solid defense, but the offense has shocked everyone with Baker Mayfield. They're also 2-0. Saints, good defense. Derek Carr, when they get Alvin Kamara back from the suspension in four weeks, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Atlanta Falcons surprising the world. I did not pick that one at all. They are 2-0. That's a, an unbelievable feel-good story. Bijan Robinson looks like he's worth the first-round draft pick that they spent on him. Uh, Baltimore Ravens. The offense is, is a little shaky at times. The defense is dominant. They're 2-0. And then I think it's the best team in football right now, if you ask me. That's the Miami Dolphins in Tua Tagovailoa and the offensive line and the fact that Tyree Kill is open even when he's covered and Jalen Waddle's making plays. And I'm the only idiot on the planet that sat Raheem Moster and he scored 25 points for me in fantasy. The Miami <laughs> Dolphins have playmakers all over the field defensively they're not great but offensively they can score 30 points with ease and uh, so we'll go through i'll give you my power rankings now for the only undefeated teams in the nfl and yeah i am all in on the dolphins they are my top dog second place i'll go with the 49ers ravens three eagles four give me the cowboys five commanders six bucks seven saints eight and the falcons nine of the nine undefeated teams in the nfl there are a few teams that you should be worried about i think if you're a broncos fan you should be very worried uh, you thought sean payton and russell wilson were growing and that offense was improving they did not look good second half against the commanders worry level would be at a nine out of ten for the chicago bears if you are a bears fan burn your justin fields jersey Oof. I don't think he lasts the entire season. I mean, they've got to do something about this. He's running into his offensive lineman. He's throwing lollipop balls that are easily intercepted, and he just does not feel like he's reading the field at all. Uh, definitely should be worried if you are a Giants fan, right? Yes, they beat the Cardinals, but they were outscored 60 to nothing for the first six quarters of the NFL season. Great comeback, but I would be worried if I was a Giants fan. And then the last worry, I'd be worried if I was a Chargers fan. Mm. I think Brandon Staley needs to answer the tough questions, which is, 
what the hell are you doing at the end of games? How did you not call timeout there? Everyone around the league was staring at their TV calling timeout. I watched the game at Wood and Iron with about 30 fans standing up. They were all doing the timeout signal. It was the funniest thing ever. Nope, Chargers just went hurry up offense and let 21 seconds run off the clock, and then they lose in overtime. Wow. So I would definitely be worried if I was a Chargers fan. Here's the thing is, so the Athletic ranked all the teams that they're worried about, and they put the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs on this list. I don't think you can put them on the list because when I when I talk about teams that I'm worried about now, I'm talking about fan bases that are, like, freaking out that the season might be over. Like the Giants, right, who at halftime literally thought their season was crushed when they were down by 20 to the lousy Arizona Cardinals. I think the Bills will respond from this bad start. Josh Allen will improve. He's not as bad as he has played. The Bengals, you know, the worry level there, I don't think it's the play on the field as much as it is Joe Burrow's calf. There's a question if he's even going to be healthy to play this Sunday. And then with the Chiefs, look, I knew that there was going to be a difference offensively without Eric Bieniemy in the building. I don't think the Chiefs fan base realized that kind of difference. The offense is not scoring like they did last season, but they'll turn it around. I mean, the Chiefs will be back in the AFC Championship game. You can lock that in right now here on September 19th. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. So we got a lot still to come on the show today. Like I mentioned, phone lines are open. If you're coming out to the Diamond for the playoff game tonight, I want to hear from you. 833-804-0910. If you're fired up for the Commanders 2-0 start for the first time in 2000, since 2011, call AWOD, 833-804-0910. We've got the Richmond Commander coming up next. The question of the day on the Richmond Commander. You can hit me up on social media at 910thefan, at AWOD Radio. Can Washington keep scoring 30-plus points, or was that an anomaly? Was it just a luck of playing in Denver with mile high and the fact that the defense made a few plays and that the offense figured things out with Sam Howell? Was that luck, or can they keep scoring 30-plus points? I'll give you my answer after this quick commercial break. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.